everybody. Welcome to Cluster Fudge. It's Cluster Fudge, everybody. It? A new episode. Hey, everybody. It's Cluster Fudge. It's a brand new episode. It's been a. It's been a. It's been a minute. It's been a hot minute or a, two. A bit. It's, it's been, been a skosh. Of time. A skosh of time, yeah, or a sukoshides, as you might say, a little happened. bit in Japanese. But we're back. We are back. What are we talking about today, Alan? Well, you know, there's all sorts of stool, cool stuff. There's all sorts of stool that's going on. But there's oh, also no. cool stuff going on in geek culture. Nice. There is a Thor Ragnarok. Yep. Yes. Anyone who's familiar with Thor 3 Ragnarok, featuring everyone's favorite green gamma-radiated hero, the Hulk. Mm-hmm. And some other characters. Yes, and some other characters as well. Uh, so any particular angle we want to take with Thor Ragnarok, or are we just, just diving into it? Is it anything Let's goes? Let's dive into it. Let's dive into it. We don't okay. have time to waste. People have been waiting for, for how we feel about stuff and things. All right, so a little bit of background then. And uh, so Thor, uh, Rag Thor, is a Marvel character, as many people know, based on the Mor- Norse god of Thor. And in the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, there have been two other Thor movies. This is the third of uh, the Thor trilogy, or the Thorlogy, as I and no one else calls it. Um, and I'd say it's a marked improvement for the most part. Uh, it is a very, it's a comedy. It's pretty much yes. a comedy. It is unapologetically a comedy. There's the word, unapologetically a comedy. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it works for this movie. I, I could see, like, part of me was like, oh, you guys are just not going to take anything at all seriously. But with the, when you bring in the cosmic part of Marvel, I think, you know, that's the way you do it. I wasn't crazy about the, I wasn't as crazy about the second Guardians of the Galaxy as I was with the first one. And this Thor definitely is like in the Guardians of the Galaxy style now. I mean, it has its own flavor, but it's, you know, it's basically that. But, um, you know, because I thought the second one actually had too many jokes. uh, And that's why I prefer the first one of Guardians of the Galaxy. Galaxy. Yeah. But then this Thor Mm -hmm. had the humor. And for whatever reason, it just works well enough that I was just entertained so much that I didn't really mind that it didn't it didn't take the source material as seriously uh, itself as seriously Mm -hmm. as one might like. It's kind of how I figured, um, you know, if, if you're not someone who's read the comic books, that uh, and this is where the studios are coming from too. It's they're saying, "Hey, we're going, we're going deep cuts here. We're digging up Surtur. We're digging up Hela. These are deep cuts in the Thor mythology, and we're even doing Planet Hulk as well." Yeah, we're gonna slide that in and, there. We're gonna slide that into your DM right, exactly. So then, and Planet Hulk in the in the comic books, it's in the the Hulk series, and he's on the planet Sakar, and he goes through all this, and he, he earns his place as champion, and. And uh, actually, in the storyline of the comic books, he actually couples with a woman. Uh, I guess he sort of marries her to some extent, and, he, and then he, he knocks behind, boots, and then he, and then he leaves behind a, a son who grows up to become called Scar, and then he winds up on Earth saying, "Daddy, you never loved me," or some nonsense. But anyway, uh, he's basically like a, a younger version of the Hulk. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that ha- that's not touched upon in this movie. Uh, but these are all, like I said, f- f- stuff that comic book lovers have accepted, but if someone like yourself, Carlos, or someone who's not read the comic books, 
it feels it's a little much to swallow in the terms of a movie, then you throw in the humor. And I think that's where Marvel's going. Like so the Guardians of the Galaxy with people like Star-Lord and Gamora and uh, Drax the Destroyer and Rocket Raccoon, uh, the, those... Rock, Rocky? No, it's Rocket. Rocket Raccoon. Rocky's the Beatles song. Rocket Raccoon. Like, you're not going to uh, accept that unless you're doing it tongue-in-cheek. So they went that route with this movie. Personally, I could have accepted it as less of a, a comedy. I would have been fine with seeing Hulk fight Thor, uh, Thor fighting Hela, Hela fighting Surtur. I would have been fine with all that if it were a straight front, serious plot line. But I understand where they have to appeal to a wider base. I still found it an entertaining movie. Um, some parts of it I wish they could have taken a little more seriously, like um, uh, the Thor's childhood sidekicks, the Warriors 3. They get killed very unceremoniously, and there's no response from Thor and hearing the news or any of that in this movie. It's just kind of dismissed, which I thought was kind of a, a sad way to treat those characters. Absolutely. Um, but, uh, and, and and it would have been great. Like they had the one guy there, the, uh, the, the, the rainbow bridge guy. So maybe he could have even right. been the stand in for Thor because it kind of makes sense that like, if we're talking about these fantastical tales, like, it, you know, if you take it back to the olden days, like there's great distance sometimes between where people are, where warriors are from each other. So in a way it makes sense that he's not going to know right away because it's going to take right. time for the news to get to him. So, but yeah, there should be someone that's like, oh, this is, these guys were really good guys and they just got like, the, it's like paper. She went through them like paper and that's not great, you know, but they had the great, yeah. you know, uh, what was Scourge? Was that the name of uh, the yes. Dr. McCoy? Yes. So it's like Scourge is his real name and uh, the executioner is his villain name. Um, so yes, that's that was who Carl Urban was playing. And it was good that the villain was like in the same level, like the same tone of humor as the heroes, because I think yeah. they've tried it where the villain doesn't, like the villain takes it seriously. Like in Guardians, mm -hmm. they had the blue guy, uh, you know, that was like the villain. And only at the end did Michael he kind Rinder. of like, oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. The other blue guy um, uh, from, uh, oh, gosh, I can't remember the actor's name, uh, but he was also the elf king. Or something. Wait, he was are an you elf talking war. about the the first one is um, Ronan the Accuser. Yes. The hammer. Yes. Okay. Yeah, and he so was in, he played um, it straight, and the villains in that movie played it straight. He was in Halt and Which, Catch Fire. Yeah, and you need a straight man, but it was kind of good that Hella was in on the joke, and she was right. like as she was giving off the riffs too, like everyone else. Mm -hmm. She was doing bits. So bits right. and bits and bits. And, uh, and but my point about Scourge was that it was great that he was showing us like, oh, this is bad. I'll go along for the ride. But this is really awful what's happening here. So he's this mm -hmm. reluctant like villain, you know? Right. Um, yeah, he was but all, yeah, he was always a villain. I mean, like he was siding with Loki, right? Like doing yeah. villain in for Heimdale. And yeah. uh, then he was like, well, I, I'd prefer not to die. And like, she's yeah. a villain too. So I might as well team up with her. Yeah. It was, um, it was an interesting, uh, character. The executioner was, um, but I, I, and it was executed. Know a lot of people well. that were a little bit let down, uh, feeling like, like Hella's character would have done better 
had there been more seriousness behind or more stakes. I think that's what a lot of people felt were lacking here was there, there weren't as many stakes because it was so tongue in cheek and we're not treating death as seriously as it would be treated in a drama. That's absolutely fair. I'd say that's fair. Ultimately, I think this movie still succeeds. But yes, those those criticisms, I believe they're valid. But it's like you go back to the formula. Is it going to taste as good? Can you make it work? Or can this director make it work? They clearly chose this director for right. his humor because he was the same guy that directed What Lies in the Shadows. I think uh-huh. it's called, uh, which is a fabulous, like, kind of like, this is wiretap, kind of like spoofumentary, mockumentary of, like, vampires, modern-day mm-hmm. vampires, you know? So right. um, uh, so they picked him, like, we want a funny movie. It worked with Guardians of the Galaxy, make us a funny movie. And he delivered. He's like, okay, yeah. here's your funny movie. And it works. And he actually and yet- he voiced the rock creature from the Sakaar. So he was also pretty good at his character delivery as well. And that may have been like my biggest thing was like, oh, that like that really that guy sounds like that. But then when you hear where he's, you know, like he sounds like New Zealand bouncers who are these big guys, but they have these funny little voices or at least one person he encounters. Like I based it on that. I was like, OK, right. it's based in reality. So sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, uh, you know, ultimately a little a little too tongue in cheek, maybe sure. But it still works. Probably still going to end up one of the top five MCU movies, uh, oh, no if doubt. not. Yeah. In money than in like just a popularity that people like it, you know. And right, I'm thinking right. about some of the older MCU movies, and I think about the first Captain America and how I prefer the second one to mm-hmm. the first one. And they right. were a little more, there was a little more humor peppered in that second one. That first one was played pretty straight. And, uh, yeah. you know, and of course, the Thor, like not only was it played straight, but also I don't think he earned his lesson, his humility. I don't think it was earned, but not gonna mm-hmm. go back into that thing again. Um, and I did prefer the second Thor to the first Thor, honestly. I think other people uh, like are opposites on that, but I preferred the second one. I felt okay. like they had it a little bit better there. Uh, but yeah, this yeah, one's the great. Yeah, the second one was actually my least favorite of the three. And I just, I, I barely remember it, for one thing. And then second of all, just like what I do remember was kind of a meandering plot. Um, I, I remember somewhat the scenes with Loki and Thor, the uh, the frost elf guy I barely remember. I remember he wanted this casket that would freeze over Midgard, but other than that, I don't remember the movie much at all. I remember there was this, you know, ether that made stuff float, and Natalie Portman was completely, you know, not needed in the movie, but she was there. Yeah. There's some humor from her and her crew, though. I like that he worked with Loki then and in this third movie. I just love watching them play together. It's great. Uh, And just to know that they love each other. Like, it's not even a thing that, I mean, he brings up the adopted joke. There's a callback to it. But it's like not even a point with Thor that they're brothers. They just are, you know. Uh, And that's just like something that's just, it's sweet. It's like nice. It's like, I know you're adopted, but I don't care. As far as I'm concerned, you're my brother. And they're the two princes. And someone actually calls them, refers to them as princes at some point. It's like, oh, yeah, they are princes. They're like royalty on this planet. They're like they're the heirs to the throne, both Mm -hmm. of them, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting. It's it's like it's really cool. And then to see Thor's hammer. Oh, spoilers. Thor's hammer gets destroyed. Well, it's in the it's It's in in the the trailer. trailer, So, so, yeah, no no spoiler there, really. (laughs) 
Yeah, but to see his hammer get destroyed, and Loki's like, "She destroyed your hammer, dude. We cannot beat her." He's like the he's like you know the the sensible part of their pair. He's like the smart guy. It's like, let's let me figure out how to get you in good with this with Jeff Goldblum's character. Give me time. And yeah. Thor's just like, I'm just gonna crash my way through. And you know, you just see their different styles of working. You know. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um. So yeah, and Jeff Goldblum was amazing in this movie. It's just like I hope there's just a super cut of just his scenes that are on the blu-ray just his scenes because they're he just chomps up his it's just great well, all his great jokes are great what, all his uh, bits was, are great what was cut for time i'm, I'm sure he had some fun yeah on that set. oh yeah absolutely it was just it was just such a fun movie it looks i'm sure that chris helmsworth is super happy with it because he seems to like doing more comedy stuff right, and when given a good director he seems to be decent at it mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so let Chris be Chris. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, great to see the Hulk and that whole interchange between him and Bruce Banner. Yes. And, you know, just like the re- really, are you really like one of those from uh, Thor? That was funny. He did that twice. He like, did a couple of those. So it's going to be weird now to see him join back with the other group where Tony Stark is like the snarky smart ass. And then Thor, you know, and it's like, who's going to be the, the funny guy? And I think it'll still be Tony, right. you know, but it's like neat to it. It's great to see, like, the guy that's not the coolest guy of the group. Mm-hmm. Like, he's cool when he's in with, with his own group. Right. But then he joins another group, and then he's not the cool guy anymore. So that's just fun. Well, I guess depending on Downey's uh, contract, you know, maybe maybe they'll limit his screen time because he doesn't want to. <laughs> he's like, I'm not going to be on set ever, so just have me voice it, and I'll be behind the mask. Well, I imagine they would just want to throw the characters with the ones that make the most you know, sense as far as chemistry and humor and, you know, just fun. Right. So they'll just mix them up. We've seen the Avengers work together, so it'll just be interesting to see them, like, or maybe they pair them with Captain America just to see them, like, see their bromance rekindled. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I think Thor will probably be paired up with somebody else somewhere, you know, just, you know, who would be funny with Thor? You know, let's put the raccoon and Thor together. Like, who do we put with Thor? Who do we put with the Hulk? Who do we put right, with blank? Right. And that was interesting, too, how, like, the Hulk was um, was the Hulk for two years. Yes. And, like, you know, how Bruce Banner was really concerned about that because, like, I don't know if I'll come back out. And, you know, what I would like to I, – what I would have liked – to have heard that maybe this is done in the comics, but I would like for some, for that to be kind of explained as like, you need to find the balance because if you try to keep him trapped, then, you know, that's not going to work. So the more you let him out, the more he will revert back to you. Okay. But if you keep him as a prisoner, he will in turn keep you as a prisoner. Right. So don't do that anymore. You have to let the Hulk mm-hmm. out from time to time. Or you will find yourself trapped as him for longer bouts of time. You, you know, want, you want an explanation, or making them like, yeah, or they just be, they meld more. That that'd be fine with me too if they just become more and more of the same person. Like we're starting to, we are the same person. We're starting to meld more into the same person. So like more of Bruce Banner in the Hulk and more of the Hulk in Bruce and what Banner. You've described is what's been done over the. You know, gosh, it's been like four or five decades now of the Hulk been in comic books, and they've experimented exactly with what you're saying. 
But when when they do that, when they change the Hulk, there's typically some sort of an explanation as to why he's changed. And we didn't really get an explanation as to why the Hulk is kind of on a different footing on Sakaar as he would be uh, in previous movies. Um, so it, I, I hear you. It would have been nice to, to have some explanation. And look, it could be something as simple as he walks through a doorway that emits radiation. It's like, oh, what happened? Well, now, <laughs> now this is going to happen. That's all. I don't know. Yeah, and, you know, like, not to go into too far of a tangent, but now that that makes me think of uh, that Cho guy who's taken over as a new awesome Hulk, but he ha- he maintains his intelligence, so he's basically, like, himself as the Hulk. And the more, and when I think about that, and I haven't read the comic a lot, but when I think about that, I'm like, but then you lose what the Hulk is about, which is the nightmare of this man, like, having this thing inside him that he has to keep control yeah, which, of. Which, which and if this guy has control of it, then... Amadeus Cho, oh, you're about the, the new comic. awesome Hulk. Okay, got yeah. it. Yeah, I went on a tangent for a second. And then it's like, if you have this guy that can cont- completely control the Hulk, and he's himself, but now he has muscles, it's like that defeat, that's not right. the Hulk. That's a different thing. He's like Superman, or, or some different version yeah. of Superman. The, you know, but, but that's not the Hulk, so he's not a good Bruce replacement. Banner as well, on multiple occasions, actually. But it's yeah. always been somewhat yes, temporary. Yes, but I mean, that's... That's more earned, yeah. too, though. It's like, you know, he hadn't... I mean, that's like the end of the story. It's like, now I control yeah, it. Right. The end, and then we restart the story, you know, or, or do a similar story, but with somebody else. Um, so, long story short, Thor Ragnarok is a definite C. It's an entertaining film. Uh, if you don't see it in theaters, see, you know, rent it. But it's great, and it's a fun time at theaters. It's just a really fun yeah. movie and a great addition to the MCU. But, like, hopefully, like, they don't they don't go crazy with this. Let's just do more comedy, which they might. They might. Because of Guardians of the Galaxy My and the Hulk. My is, and Infin- how are the, is this going to affect the Infinity War, right? Like, are the two Infinity War movies that are going to come out, are they going to be just straight-up laugh fests? Yeah, and I, I hope, hope they're so not. Too. Right, exactly. Because that would be weird. We got to yeah, tone it and, down. And I, I'm worried about that because it, it does follow that formula of we're we're going cosmic, and there's some dark uh, subject matter here with Thanos trying to wipe out half the population of the universe. And I could easily see them saying, "Hey, we'll just pepper this with a heck load of comedy, and let's see how that goes." And I'm worried that that's definitely going to rob the weight of the situation, yeah. And it's been a pleasure chatting with you again, Mr. Forbes, about stuff and things. What, uh, what's, what's on the agenda for the next couple of months? You want to you wanna call out a, a series? Uh, of oh, for me, shows. I got some scripted stuff coming up. My uh, Second City Review, you know, after the six classes in the conservatory, you do like an eight-week review, four weeks, excuse me, four weeks of previews, four weeks of shows. I also have a, uh, that's happening in December and January. The previews are in December, and the shows proper are in January, and they are Monday nights, Monday nights at 8, 9, or 10. All right. Check it out if you're in the Chicago area. Yeah. So, and then I also have a uh, a scripted musical sketch show happening in January, also at Second City, but it's an independent team. 
And right. then I, I may be doing another scripted show as well in January, a one shot. And I'll let folks know about that as it uh, develops. I will also be performing with uh, in a show called uh, Trainwreck McDumpster Fire at the Playground Theater in December. And I am currently doing a run at the Annoyance Theater on Saturday nights at 7 o'clock for the next four weeks. So through mid-December, a show mm-hmm. called Mary uh, F. Kill. All right. And the F is not silent, but I'll be silent out of respect for our listening <laughs> audience. Sure. Uh, and that's what I'm doing right now. And I'm focusing on those things. And how about you? Uh, well, in, in, the Ep- in the Epcot Orlando area, you can see or hear my voice as Dr. Bunsen Honeydew with Beaker in the Muppet Mobile Lab Tuesdays and Wednesdays from 10 a.m. till 4 p.m. All right. Good having you. 